on this edition of the Cubs Recap Podcast, a presentation of our YouTube channel, The Recap, as well as available audio only everywhere you get your favorite podcast. Gordon Wittenmeyer from Arizona and I discuss Cody Bellinger's press conference. We look at where the Cubs may be headed. I say 87 wins in 2024. Welcome into the Cubs Recap Podcast, the presentation of our Recap YouTube channel and available audio only everywhere you get your favorite podcasts. I'm David Kaplan. My partner is Gordon Wittenmeyer. He's covering spring training in Arizona, and I am sitting here in Chicago. The weather is nice. Cody Bellinger's a Cub. We had a huge number of people watching and listening to our emergency podcast the other day. And now, Gordon, it's Thursday. Wednesday, Scott Boris was not only at the Cody Bellinger press conference, he was on the dais. It was Jed, Cody, Scott. So let's start there. Some people have a problem with that. I think it was brilliant. Why do some people have a problem? And do you that uh, Scott Boris was on the podium? I don't have any problem with that. He's, I mean, throughout his career, his, his clients tend to be some of the higher profile clients in the game. Mm-hmm. And when they, when the high profile clients sign, a lot of times they'll bring their representatives in. Hey, we even saw uh, Joel Wolf and a couple of his guys come. He's the agent for you Darvish and Brandon Morrow and some other guys that the, the Cubs have had along the way. Mm-hmm. Uh, when, when you Darvish signed, he was there. He didn't go to the dais, but he accompanied him there. He was there for him. Um, at that, you know, uh, uh, different styles, but I got no problem with it because here's the other thing. The guys at that dais are the guys that are available to answer with the cameras on the questions about this and in the media and in the fan base, Scott Boris is a big part of where you want to hear some answers uh, on this whole process. So I think it's a natural, I don't, I don't see, uh, any issues there. Um, I mean, it was if he's not there to answer the questions, he's going to a- ask him off, answer him off to the side. And and I love the theater of some of it. Did you? What was the? There was a question regarding some of his remaining clients and whether uh, Jed might get something else done. And I think it was, I, I think the question was to Scott uh, about his clients or where things, something like that. And Scott just kind of looks at the questioner and then looks down the table toward jet <laughs> that right. was great i got some guys but that's on yeah, you man okay so my takeaway is absolutely brilliant we have heard whether it was jerry reinsdorf we don't negotiate with scott boris clients to then kenny coming out and saying well we'll talk to scott's guys but we really don't do a lot of business with scott's guys Get on board because whether you like Scott or not, Scott is the number one guy in the industry. He is, no, no doubt. And, and here's the thing, and that's why, and that's why there's a love hate thing, right? That's why there's a big school of thought out there. People that don't like to see him up there, and it, it, because he's he's easy to hate if you're a a fan of a team that doesn't like to deal with him or thinks that they didn't you didn't get his player because his price was too high or whatever. He, it's it's really low pickings. It's easy to hate. It's like it's like if you're not a, in New York hating the Yankees. It's easy pickings. Um, but the the agent 
management dynamic is one of inherent conflict anyway. It's it, and so so the, or adversarial, put it that way. And and so uh, uh, if if the guy who's best at that, who's best at being adversarial with management, is the guy we're talking about, he's going to be. He's going to be, by definition, polarizing. Yeah, so I thought it was, and I'm just making my notes here as you're talking. I thought it was brilliant. Okay, so you have this thing drag on with Cody. They get the deal done. Jed, I don't, again, Theo's going to the Hall of Fame. I don't have to say anymore. Jed, I think, is a less emotional person than Theo. Like, Theo's intense, man. Like, I've been on the receiving end of Theo. Oh, we both have. We both have, and I got no problem with that. I like somebody who's a straight shooter. I agree. If that's who you are, more power to you, and, and I'll take that all day long. I got I, no problem when Theo calls me up and says, what you wrote is bullshit. Okay, tell me why I'm wrong. And then you want we, me to tell you why you're wrong? Oh, oh you're talking about Theo, yeah. yeah. I tell you why you're wrong. I got too. no I issues. And then too. now if you tell me. We're going to have a problem going forward. You can't speak your mind, and then you're going to carry a grudge. Different story. But that's not Theo. He gets it off his chest, and he moves on. Hey, you Jed know what's is- interesting about that? That makes Theo surprisingly old school, right? He's yeah. considered one of the new age guys, and he ushered in the ear of all the smart guys from Ivy League schools. But that's very old school. And uh, for him, you know, and, then, and uh, you know, credit to him on that. Totally agree. I find Jed to be exceptionally insightful like Theo, very intelligent, great dude as well, not as emotional about you, son of a bitch. What are you? He's gotten, he's disagreed or not liked something I said or wrote, and he's told me, but not in a colorful way like Theo did. I thought it was a stroke of genius to have Scott up there let him take his bow. Yeah, y'all think the Cubs won and I lost. My guy got $80 million guaranteed dollars off of one good year after having two and a half bad. And guess what? If he goes out like I think he is and going to kick ass again, he's going back to free agency and he may cash in way bigger. Way bigger. Yeah, he's, so he's going back. allow him to take his bow? I mean, I, I believe, is he still 28? Has he turned 29 quite yet? I, I don't know. Uh, I'll give so. you his. I'll give my, you his birthday. My point is, he's now. he's on that cusp where he won't be thirty next time around if he opts out of that deal at the end of the year. So you know he's still Cody he's will still, turn twenty nine July thirteenth. There you go. So he'll be twenty nine and a half when he becomes a free agent again. If he if if he has a big year and opts out again, that's still young enough to get your multi year deal. And if you were, let's just say you were looking for an eight year deal. Now you can take a seven-year deal, and it's the same thing. Correct. And if he goes out and has as good or hopefully better stats. Hopefully for you. If you're the Cubs, you go, you know what? We got nothing but money. Our ballpark is really a freaking ATM machine. We'll figure it out because it's better to have more good players than less good players. I know we got a great system. We'll figure it out. Cody, what do you need? We're keeping you. Yeah. There's no effing way that happens. There's no effing way that happens. What if, they, what, hold on. what if they win 90 games and go to the NLCS and he wins the league MVP? You're telling me they're going to let him walk out the door? Yes, because his price just went skyrocketing on a multi-multi-year oh, deal. Stop yourself now. 
They already God. weren't going to pay it, Cap. They already were. They knew who he was. They knew how he fit in the clubhouse. He was a perfect fit for the roster. They're trying to win this year, and they already weren't going to do that at what would be a lesser price. There's but no now he's backed way. up a second year, and he's taking you deep in the playoffs. They we've already seen how they operate, Cap. They're not going to do that. And besides, they have PCA, who they think is coming. They have Alcantara, who's going to play in the outfield. Uh, they got Canario coming, right? So I, I just I don't see that happening. They haven't demonstrated for a second that that's part of how they're going to operate. I I'm not, completely against, disagree. They've already got thirty million for each of the next two years if he doesn't opt out, and if he does. There's no doubt in my mind Jed could go, all right, five for 150, here's 30 a year. That's still a proposition about this year because it's a short enough contract. Whatever he does this year, that that price is fine, right? You're you're banking on he does more or less what he did for you last year, maybe more, and he's exactly what you need for this year because you have plans this year. Worst case scenario, as you look at that contract beyond this year, you got two years left on it. You got to deal with, and maybe he bounces back, and maybe he whatever. Uh, but it's all—it's still relatively short term. It becomes a two-year contract if it becomes a bad contract, and so that's still short term, and they can weather that. Um, but I don't, you know, I, I don't see, you know, and, and you know, I don't in in their mind, this isn't part of some long-term contract plan with this guy. There is no way on God's green earth that they're giving him a, a big seven, 200 plus million dollar deal after this year, no matter what happens, because that's not how Jed's going to operate. I didn't say seven years. I said five. I promise you, if that my scenario plays out, there's no doubt they're going to still be in the hunt to, to re-sign him. Five years? Maybe. He's not looking for five years at that point. He's looking for the seven. Well. We're going to find out what happens because a lot of the industry ain't given sevens. All right, let's move on from that. So now. Wait, wait, so they, you're, so collusion, huh? Okay, well, anyway, go ahead. Wow. Uh, so now that the industry has seen Bellinger go back to the Cubs, I don't know what else they're going to add. ESPN has come out, like me, they must have been listening to my radio show, that the <laughs> Cubs are the consensus favorite now to win the division your radio show is espn well i'm talking about big espn in bristol they might have been tuning in on one of the frequencies oh what did he say we agree with him they are the consensus favorite to win the division i have them winning 87 ball games that's without any more tinkering and i think they win the division now they got to stay healthy but i think they've got enough depth in their starting rotation now, would I love to see Blake Snell or Jordan Montgomery come in? Sure, but I'm not counting on it. I look at this team and think they're clearly the best team in the division. What about you? I think they have the strongest floor in the division. I think short of some catastrophic injury or set of injuries that they that you can be assured that they'll be 80 plus wins. In other words, they're going to be in that, you know, that sort of that baseline where any extra performance puts you right in the race, if not over the top, uh, compared to everybody else in the division. Everybody else has more volatility. 
you know, that new manager in Milwaukee, first year guy, uh, they got rid of Corbin Burns. They got young players, really good young players. They could be as good as they were last year in a best case scenario because they have that kind of talent. More likely it's something less than that. They could also be quite a bit worse. They could be a, an under 500 team. I think St. Louis, everybody's, everybody thinks St. Louis is, is going to make this amazing leap. I don't think they picked up enough pitching to offset what they lost and what they looked like last year. And I don't, I'm not a, their manager's a nice guy. I don't have any issue with him that way, but I'm not convinced he's a great manager and, and uh, that they, they, that they got the Cardinals way going over there. So I don't have a lot of faith in them. Pirates are the pirates. The Reds are the team that, that have maybe the most talent, but it's all very young. I've said this before, they could win 95 games, they could win 75 games. They might have the highest ceiling. I think the Cubs have the highest floor. So if you want to make them, them the favorite, that's fine. But I do think these two teams, I do think Cincinnati and the Cubs going into the season are the two teams to watch in that division. If you look at the Cubs lineup right now, again, a lot of the spring to go, I think here's how I think, unless PCA has like – Oh my God, we can't send that guy down. I think PCA opens in the minors. Yeah, that I makes think, sense. He's good. I think the lineup goes Jan Gomes, Miguel Amaya behind him, Michael Bush at first, Nico Horner. Not, I'm not giving you a batting order here. Dansby Swanson, my guy Christopher Morell over at third the majority of the time. Uh, Ian Happ in center, I mean, in left. Bellinger in center. Boy, Ian, Ian Happ's going to be working on his cardio 162 times a year with Morell at third base, man. There, there's a lot of running around out there and left going to be going on. I'm telling you, you're underselling Christopher Morell's abilities as an athlete. I'm not saying he's going to be a gold glove third baseman. You, know, you want to know who else thinks Morell deserves a chance and is going to be real good over there? Who? Is the guy that was your, your third baseman when he was healthy at the end of the season. Jamer Candelaria, an original Cub who got brought back in last year at the deadline, and they never talked to him after that. And I asked him about why why wouldn't they talk to you? They don't even have a third baseman now. And he said, Christopher Morrell. He said, that kid needs to play. And I said, well, but can he get his at-bats moving around everywhere? And he said, no, no, he's too young for that. He needs one spot, and it's third base. And he's got a lot of faith in that. So you're in the same camp as Jamer Candelario. I disagree with both of you. Because I don't think you have an everyday third baseman. I don't think you have anything close to an everyday third baseman in that camp. You got you got wisdom who strikes that way too much. He can't be in the lineup every day, and Agreed. he's and he's not. He doesn't have great range. He's got he's got the biggest arm of the bunch. You got Madrigal, who's probably the best defensive guy over there. A little less of an arm, but he's got range and he can get rid of the ball quick. And and his defensive metrics tell you he's the best defender you got over there. But he's a singles hitter. You're gonna have a singles hitter. Uh, playing third base, who's not, you know, he's not a 400 on base guy. That don't make any sense to me either. Plus, he's been an injury risk. You're going to play him every day. He's a he's a not an everyday player. And then you got Master Boney, who's a bench guy. And now you come to Morell. And Morell's athletic enough that he can play a bunch of places, but he's not good enough any one place that says, boy, that's my starter there. And there's a reason why. When, when Jed talks about some of these players over there at third base and says, well, that guy is probably best suited for second base. There's a reason why he says that. That's the one place on the diamond you can – like it's probably the least important place for like to have a, a plus defender. 
You can get away with that over there. It's a much shorter throw. You don't have to have the big arm. You got if you got a good shortstop and a, and a decent first baseman and some other defenders around. There's not. It, it, it's just not as intensive of a uh, of a defensive responsibility at that position, and you can get away with a lot over there. You can't as much at third base. Gordon, the reason that Jamer and I think alike. I hit 573 in the 60 and over league, and he's a professional baseball player. You don't bring those type of baseball skills and attitude to the conversation. Take that. Oh, my God. All right. Well, let's just just, uh, let this play out, uh, Mr. Big League, Mr. uh, (laughs) All right. I got a trivia question for you. I have a trivia question for you. You can feel free to use this in your meandering around the Cactus League. Four players in 2023, only four, had a 300 or better batting average, 25 or more home runs, and 20 or more stolen bases. Can you tell me who the four major leaguers are that did that? I can tell you the only one of the four that also spent two stints on the IL. Your boy, Cody Bellinger. Cody Bellinger is one. Oh, I, I believe I, he only had one stint I on the IL. The I answered my question. Wait, Cody wait, wait. Only, I think Cody, Cody only had one stint on the IL. Well, but, but another stretch where they sidelined him without putting him on the IL. Now, he was down twice. Maybe one wasn't technically an IL. Cody Bellinger's one. Give me the other three. What is it? Uh, 20 stolen bases? 25 or more homers, 300 or more batting average, and 20 stolen bases. A whole bunch of guys. Well, Acuna has got to be one of those. Ronald Acuna Jr. is two. A bunch of guys had 20 stolen bases. Did Shohei steal 20? Yes, sir. Is he on that list? He is. And then... uh, One more in the National League. In the National League, um, 25. Wait a minute. Is he a Cub? Nope. No, sir. 2025 and 300. I know this. I know this. I know this. Uh, It would be Freddie Freeman. Oh, yeah. I was going. I was going. I was running geographically. and I was about to get to the West. So there you go. Yeah, there you go. Brady Freeman stole 20, huh? That's how easy it is to steal bases now. Yeah, except Cody Bellinger's in a very exclusive club. You better get on board that we brought a star back. Okay. I mean, we'll see. I mean, obviously not everybody in baseball agrees by far, Cap, so we'll see. All right, before I let you go, the Cubs got three innings out of Jordan Wicks on Wednesday. He oh, looks he looked good. good. He looked really good. Really good. So, as of today, do they need to add, not for depth, do you feel comfortable that their starting rotation, one to five, forget the depth guys for a minute, one to five, their rotation's good enough? In that division, it'll stack up. Assuming that. Justin Steele's who he was last year in that division. It'll stack up around baseball. Uh, not so much. And we'll see what happens, who they got as a top three. If, if October's in play. Um, but 
it, you know, it has to be enough because there's no way they don't have any room to add anymore. And without deciding to, to shoot over the luxury tax. And one of the things talking to some people in the organization recently that they're very well aware of, and a lot of people in baseball think the same way. There's no sense in like they're uh, what three or 4 million under the first luxury tax threshold now in projected payroll. And, and it's, and it's actually closer to that, closer than that. When you factor in some of the things that teams factor in, like if guys win bonuses, I mean, remember Bellinger got a million dollar bonus last year for winning comeback player of the year. You have to Correct. factor those in because you don't want to get blindsided by them and have it put you over the threshold by a dollar. And that's the thing. So when, when you're near the threshold, if you're not going to go, if you're not going to go all in on a huge signing or a couple of huge signings and just, and just decide we're paying it, we're going to shoot right way over. Then you have to be really careful not to step over the line by a toe and, and, and wind up from a business standpoint, just kind of ham. just like, what's the point then you didn't go get the big guy and all of these incremental things put you right there. So right. If you're going to stack a year where you went over the tax, then go over the freaking tax. Right. So if they're going to go get Matt Chapman and Blake Snell or something like that, go ahead. But if you're, but if you're going to go, if you're going to go get incrementally better, it doesn't make any sense because why creep over the line and Jed's made it pretty clear that he's done. Like this year, I don't think they want to go over that tax. Um, we because can argue he, whether they should or not. But well, because from what I've been told, Jed sees we're close. We're not quite there yet. And if I'm over the tax three straight years, now I'm talking about repeater penalties and losing draft. And if I'm going to put the pedal down, I want to know I can win the freaking World Series. This, by the way, Cap, is where that Bellinger contract comes in and that scenario you brought up earlier comes in. If he has a big year, they get to the playoffs. Let's say they win a round in the playoffs. Now you're – whatever happens after that, now you're looking at, okay, we're all in now. We're, we're there, and it's all about keeping it there. Mm -hmm. And so now if he opts out and he's looking for a payday on – even your scenario, five years, that's going to be 150. Mm -hmm. um, if it's, and so now you got other guys whose contracts are going up. You will be over the luxury tax threshold next year. Do you want to be so far over that bringing Cody Bellinger back puts you in a position where you can't go and get that one other big guy? Or, is, or, or are you ready to, Bush had a good enough year. Now we'll bring in one other young guy and we'll go at a significant pitcher or two that really puts us in, in position to win every series all year long. Yeah, I I like where they're headed. I still think they're a year from where I'd be like if I was the owner. All right, Jed, vroom, let's uh, put the pedal down. Here you go. Checkbook's open. Go get them. Let's win the World Series. I don't think that's where they're at this year. But I do think that's a team that can win 87 ball games, win the division, get in the playoffs, and then, you know what? We need that. Let's go do it. Right. And, and I'm not sure that that exists the way you want it to for sustainability for the next three, four years if you're automatically 
putting Cody Bellinger on your to-do list because he had a big year. We're going to find the, out. The, the, we'll find out. And and go back to Jordan Wicks, what you just said about it. What if he develops this year? What if he's a, a guy this year? And then that that also plays into things as, as you go forward. It plays into all the plans going forward and what you're able to spend in other places. It does. And then it depends how this year of progress is for Kevin Alcantara, Matt Shaw, Pete Crow Armstrong, Owen Casey, Brennan Davis, no, not, not, Cade Horton, not, Ben no, 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 stop. Like, if give these guys tastes, continue to kind of bring them along, get their footing under them. If one of those guys, one of those guys comes through and can make himself a part of your plans for next year where you feel you can count on it, like Justin Steele a couple of years ago, that's what I'm talking about. That yeah, puts but, you in position. But what I'm saying is if Cade Horton, you go, okay, he's coming, he's here. Even if he got here this year, next year, he's clearly top three in our rotation. Or, okay, that guy is clearly playing in the big leagues next year, Matt Shaw. That changes your perspective on what you do. Because if Matt Shaw all of a sudden has a bad year or gets hurt or one of those other guys, now you got to spend to stay competitive. Yeah. And it's important to keep keep your eye on the other moving pieces too. This all assumes that that uh, Michael Bush is something good enough to keep plugged in there that he he doesn't have to be replaced, right? Or, or you know, there there's some assum- some some assumptions about the young guys you're kind of putting in place now that maybe they find they establish themselves going forward. I don't mean like be all-stars necessarily but established kind of like Nico Horner the first couple of years, kind of like Ian Happ as he built into what was a gold glove winner and an all-star, something like that. Uh, Because once, because if those guys don't do that, now you're right back where you started with some of those positions. Totally, totally agree. All right. Uh, Anybody out there, as you listen to the podcast, you could tweet at me at the cap man, T H E K A P M A N or at G dub M L B. We'll take listener questions next week on the podcast. Plus, if there's ever any breaking news, we go emergency podcast style like we did when Cody Bellinger signed. So give us something to talk about, Chad. Hey, here's one other one I'll throw out there. Hey, if you if uh, add us, uh, send, tell us on Twitter whether you want to hear from uh, maybe some people covering the Brewers and the Cardinals about what they think of the division as we get closer to the opener. Yeah, absolutely. It's a great one. If you'd like that, you can get Derek Gould on a friend of the little little round table, maybe. So, all right, Gordon, have a great time. Enjoy that beautiful weather. All right, Cap. Take care, man. There he is. That's my partner. That's the great Gordon Wittenmeyer in Arizona. I'm David Kaplan. Another edition of the Cubs recap podcast available here on YouTube on our recap channel and anywhere you get your favorite podcast audio only for Gordon. I'm Cap. Take that.